Being an entrepreneur can be a lonely place. Most businesses don't even get past the first three years. So in this series, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs that are high-performing or high-performing businesses that can help you with hints, tips and hacks to help you fast-forward your way to success. My name is Mark Burgess. I've got over 20 years experience working as an entrepreneur, building up various different businesses. I've wrote a best-selling book. I speak nationally and internationally at different conferences. And this is Raising Your Game. In this episode of Raising Your Game, I talk to Martin Norbury, who's a successful entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and we talk about how trekking to base camp of Everest and doing ballroom dancing can actually help you in your business. Hi, Martin. So thanks for coming in today. I know you've got a super busy schedule. That's my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, before we get into it, are you all right just to uh, give us a bit of background on yourself, how you kind of started out and how you, what led you to where you are today? Yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, I did the classic thing of, uh, well, not classic, but thrown out of school. Uh, my, my, my folks wanted me to go in to be a barrister and I didn't want to, so I got thrown out of a good grammar school. Uh, decided I needed to find something else and went into basically working for companies and realised pretty soon that that wasn't going to be where I wanted to be. I think after I was fired from three jobs, I realised I needed <laughs> to, to maybe run my own business. And, and it, a pure chance came where I got an opportunity to run my business and grew it, and grew it quite well and sold it in within... I started my business in 91, sold it in 96, sold it again in 97, which is quite a good way to, to have a business and sell it twice. And then uh, basically got headhunted to run quite a large company and turn it around, and we did that a few times. And then in 2010 was the, my ultimate year, really. Um, we just about signed a huge global contract. Uh, the PLC, which I was part of the division of running, had turned itself around. And my wife was expecting our, our first child. Right. And on the 18th of February, everything changed because, unfortunately, our daughter was born dead. And it just changed my life uh, massively. I didn't know what to do. And I just put, wandered around a little bit, think, you know, what, what can I do? And started talking to other business owners. And they said, you've got some insight into business from a, a large corporate level that would really help us as a small business. And that's how I got into doing what I'm doing. Uh, met a guy called Daniel Priestley. He, he helped me get a book out, a book called I Don't Work Fridays. And the rest is history, really. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, so how does that work then in terms of selling the company twice within uh, a year? Yeah, so, so basically you know, I was a, uh, the, the sole distributor of a product. So I engineered it that if I left, they, they obviously the business would have, suffer a little bit. So they bought me into their <laughs> business. And then as a group, firstly, we then resold it again um, a year later to, to a larger company. Wow. Uh, but a lot to learn when you want to exit a business of how to exit properly to actually earn more money than you think you can, which is quite useful. Okay. Um, I'm going to come back to that. Okay. Um, so, and I know recently you uh, climbed to Everest Base Camp. Yes. <laughs> what was that like? Well, um, yeah, so mentally challenging, physically challenging, but the, the, the sight of doing it was incredible. Um, when we lost Lou, Jackie and I wanted to spend more time together, obviously, uh, and within sort of, 18 months we had twins, which was brilliant. But even with that, we still wanted to spend time. And one of my clients who runs the bucket list company uh, runs treks all around the world. Uh, so last year we went to Machu Picchu, which was just incredible. And this year, for some strange reason, we signed up to do the base camp trek. And uh, it was incredible. Th th uh, yeah, three weeks, 13 days of going up and down like this constantly to, to finally stand and look at this 
huge thing called Everest. It's just awe-inspiring. Wow. Are there points in that? I'm guessing there must be lots of points in that where you you just think, forget it. I didn't think it was going to be like Pretty this. Pretty much every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. But but actually, what I, I had a client say, what did you, you know, what's the three learns you brought back from it, which I thought was great. And I said, well, yeah, there was big learns. And the first thing was actually doing a, a, a trek like that. It's just like running a business. So I don't think anyone in their right mind would, would go to Kathmandu with no compass, no map, no kit, no coach or no guide and expect to get to base camp 13 days later and survive. But, you know, that's what business owners do. Uh, I think I heard you saying earlier that most businesses don't get past three years. Yeah, only 5% get past 10 staff. So it's, it's a really tough thing out there. And doing it on your own is difficult, very yeah. difficult. And actually having a guide or a Sherpa to, to help you along the route and to teach you things so you don't make the same mistakes as everybody else does, I think gives you a better chance. And I learned a lot on that trek about teamwork and how each person in the team has to help you and have their own roles and things like that. And I think it's, it's so relevant for business as well. Yeah. So relevant. Yeah, absolutely. So... So when you first started in business, yeah. um, I'm guessing uh, it was the traditional kind of uh, small office or back bedroom or something like that. Absolutely. And you've gone through this, uh, this, this fantastic process of building a business, selling a company, working for corporates. If you could go back in time mm -hmm. um, and talk to yourself when you was just starting out that first business, what would you say, what would you say to help you avoid a lot, of the, a lot of the heartache that you went through of learning things the hard way? Yeah, so a lot of what I learned in business didn't come from business. And this was, you know, so the book that I wrote was all about a hobby that I had when I was seven. And the hobby was actually ballroom dancing, bizarrely. So when I started running a business, I didn't know this until someone interviewed me, I used the same philosophy as how I learned to go from a two-left-foot seven-year-old to a national champion, 15-year-old. And in business, we want to do the same, don't we? We want to go from a, you know, someone who has no idea to what, running a world-class business, even if it's locally. And I use the same principles. And a lot of it we've transferred into business. So the first thing to understand is that business is all about numbers. And the amount of people I speak to that have no idea where they're going, where they've come from, what they want to do, what they want to achieve, you know, we spoke earlier about someone who's planning to do stuff next year and you said what what the numbers they have no idea and the trouble is if you don't know where you're going how can you plan the journey to get there the reason we're sat here today is because it was in our diary we're going to sit down and have a chat yeah if you just said i'll turn up somewhere in london sometime in october november time we'd have never been sat here no. so businesses need to know so they've got it's a numbers game played by a team and you can't do it on your own you know, the, the more you try and hold on to doing it yourself, the worse it gets. You have to let go really quite quickly. Otherwise, you're stifling your business. You're stifling the growth of your business going forward. So you've got to bring other people in and trust they're going to do what they need to do. Otherwise, you can't grow. You can get it to about four or five people. After that, you can't because they're not enough hours in the day to keep it going. And the last thing is delivering a meaningful promise. And you've got to, have to be different. You've got to send something out there, a service or a product that people want to buy. So we say to all our clients, it's a numbers game played by a team delivering a meaningful promise. And if you focus on those three key areas, you pretty much get to, get to run a good business. So 
Um, there'll be some companies out there that are listening to that thinking like, wow, yeah, I just, I don't know the numbers in my business. Um, and then they'll sit down and, and, and think, where do I even start? Yeah. Um, and some people will just start and they'll come up with numbers and, and maybe they'd show you those numbers and you'd go, you've done the numbers, but this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Where, where, where does somebody actually start with some sort of meaningful numbers in their business? Right, so you start at the bottom. So that's the key part. Businesses are there to provide either a lifestyle or, or a performance business, an exit of some kind. Most people want to have a lifestyle business, first of all. So you start at the bottom, and the bottom is how much do you want to take from the business? So we call it the seven numbers. So the bottom number is the seventh number. How much do you want to take from the business, uh, either earnings or dividends or something? And then you add to that your fixed cost of your business, how much it costs to run, you know, the heating, the lights, the rates, the rent, all those things that never change depending on how much you sell. And then you add in the, the basic salaries of the people. So those three together give you one number, and that's what we call our gross margin value. So those three add together is your gross margin value. And if you are a service business and it's 100%, then that's what you've got to earn on a monthly basis. And the easy thing, so say I've got, I want to earn 5,000 a month profit for me, and my business costs me 5,000 fixed costs, and my salaries cost me five. So that's three fives, 15. So I've got to earn 15,000 after all my cost of sale to, to break even, yeah, to make sure yep. I do that. And what you've got to work out is what your average sale value is. If it, my average sale value is 1,000, I've got to sell 15 a month. That's it. Everything else after that is a bit of a noise. That's what your focus has got to be. I reckon 95% of the business, I know because I've worked with hundreds of companies, haven't got a clue who those seven numbers are. And once you get those seven numbers, at least you've got clarity on what your business needs to do. I guess they've got num maybe they've got numbers in the sense that they've they kind of got a gut feel for yeah. it. You know, they know, oh, we're going to earn enough money to get paid this month, yeah. or we're probably not going to get paid. Yeah. But, they, they, but what you're saying is that they have no real uh, target or aspirations on how to always make it 15 or always make it 20, yeah. or always make it 30. Because to bring the... Remember, business is a numbers game played by a team. To bring the team together, surely we need to know what we're all aiming for. And if marketing needs to do something to get 20 appointments to get 15 sales, then they know what they need to do. If delivery needs to now deliver what the 15 is, they know what to do. And suddenly you're working together as a team. You can do anything as a team, yeah. but you can't do that if you don't know. And the trouble is a lot of businesses, they just run really fast, continually, to stand still. Yeah. Whereas this, you get into a routine, like in dancing, you get into a nice little routine of doing the rhythm, getting everything going, and then once you've got the business working at that routine, you can then change up a gear, and then go to the next level, and then the next level, and the next level. And that's what happens in business. And I'm guessing that after that, there's a set of numbers that lead you to a successful exit? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we... We have to have an ad break. Right. So after the break, um, I want to come back to that first point about how to make a successful exit from a business. Yeah, perfect. Um, so don't go away. Join us after the break. Okay, so before the break, we were just talking about the numbers. Yeah. Uh, most companies don't know their numbers. Absolutely. And the first three sets of numbers out of the seven that you spoke about were about just being in business, really. Yeah. Uh, just making sure you get paid. Yes. Um, because, as we all know, there's 
loads of businesses out there where people don't even get paid. Well, they work less than they would if they worked at McDonald's, yeah. but they, they think they run their own business, whereas the business runs them, really. Absolutely. Um, and, and much earlier in the show, you spoke about what makes a successful exit. Yeah. So um, do the other numbers lead towards the successful exit? On a consistent basis, yes. So obviously, if you want to, there's lots of different types of exit. So I think the, the, one of the more popular exits at the moment is actually just semi-retirement from your business. So if you can get your business to be earning you a certain amount of income without you having to be there, then why would you want to sell it if the business isn't going to go out of fashion or, or AI is not going to take over and you know, completely change it? Why would you want to sell it? Because if you sell, say you sell a business for seven times the profit and you make 100,000 profit, so you sell it for 700,000. After the seventh year, you've got no money coming in and the other person's got all the income coming into them. So for me, what we try and encourage a lot of our clients is actually retire from that business and set up another one. Mm -hmm. uh, and my view now, my, um, my wife's um, stepdad used to run big pension funds. And he said to me, yeah, how much money do you want to earn when you retire? And I said, well, one is I don't understand the concept of retirement. Uh, and two is uh, I won't have a pension that pays out a static rate. I'll just have four or five businesses that might pay five, ten grand a month each. That's job done, really, isn't it? And you can do that nowadays, whereas years and years ago, you, you couldn't do that. So that's one exit. Yeah. Of course, the second exit is when you've got the business to, and you, and you need to get it to about a seven-figure profit level, really. Once you get to that sort of level, you can then sell it for the multiple millions. Yeah. Uh, but that's hard as well, because you've then got no, no purpose left. What are you going to do next? It's quite a, I know quite a few people have done that, and it's actually not been the, the result they wanted um, you know, again, learning that through trekking to base camp. If you don't enjoy the journey, when you get to base camp, it, it's actually just a bunch of rocks and some ice. So actually, you've not got this big sign, neon sign, saying, hey, you're at base camp. It's just there, that's it. And because it's not the season for climbing Everest at the moment, just for trekking, there's no tents there or anything. So you've got to enjoy the journey. And if you then don't enjoy the journey and then sell your business, it can actually lead to quite a few challenges, uh, breakups of families, all sorts of stuff. So for me, I think the best thing nowadays is get a business around 10, 12 staff, make it into a million turnover, a quarter of a million profit, and then semi-retire from it. So I guess, and I guess the danger with that, though, would be, um, as you say, like as technology changes and, and, and AI gets more and more intelligent and all, all of this sorts of stuff, um, you, you, you're in potentially a more of a risky boat than if you'd taken the cash and maybe invested it in, I don't know, property for instance yeah absolutely and that, you know that obviously really well and, and I'm, I'm one of the only people that have earned some good money but not through ever through property yeah. uh, lots of people have earned good money but through property and the challenge with any industry nowadays is with um, data and google and facebook and all these things a lot of it is becoming automated so a lot of careers and a lot of business opportunities are dying but then if you've got four or five different businesses, then if one catches a cold, you're okay with the others, aren't you? Yeah. And I think that's where, where a lot of things are changing nowadays. Um, a lot of people are starting to look at how they can sustain working in debt. You know, there are people born now that they reckon will live past 400 years of age through technologies and everything else, you know, the cybernetics and everything mm -hmm. else. So if we're going to live much longer, we cannot, cannot rely on conventional pensions to give us money because nobody's going to pay out we've got to be self-sustaining in some ways and yeah. i think business is the ultimate way of doing that yeah okay so um 
if someone's watching this, uh, they've got their business and they know their numbers. Yeah. So you've gone in to help a company uh, as you do uh, regularly, and surprisingly for you, they've got their numbers. Yep. Um, what would you say is one of the next things that most businesses are missing? Structure. So the owner of the business is trying to do everything and they think they're really important and nobody could do it as well as they can and if they don't do it, the business is going to fail and it's all this mindset. And I just say to them, like, if, if it's a four-man company, which a lot of businesses are, I just say, imagine that four-man company is like a car with four tyres. If one tyre's flat, the other three are useless. And that's what happens. The owner thinks they're more important, so they're the bigger tyre. It doesn't matter. If, if that tyre's flat, the rest of the business is useless. And what you've got in a business is you've got four fundamental roles, if you think about it. You've got someone who creates that promise we talked about in you know, business is a game of numbers played by a team delivering a compelling promise. So you've got someone who says, actually, in like the state agency world, I think it's dull and dead and boring. I'm going to change it. And they create this wonderful promise. You've then got another person who says, well, let me take that to market. I'll be the salesman of your promise. Same, same company. And then you've got someone else who turns around and says, well, actually, I'll make sure we deliver that promise. So those are the three fundamental roles in any business. And I, I've run businesses of hundreds of millions of turnover, and I still had those three roles as my core team. I had 14 other people in the team, but those were my three key people, people that are indeed the product and delivered it, uh, people that sold it into the market, and then people that checked we delivered the right thing. And, and that, that, that's fundamental. And, and again, what most happens in a business is the owner doesn't let go of what they should be doing. Yeah. They do everybody else's job. They can't trust anybody else to do their job. So they don't do their own bit, which is creating this wonderful promise. And then the other people go, well, do you know what? He'll do it anyway, or she'll do it anyway. So I'll just let them. And they never, ever get to a point where the business is working without them. And the best thing, I had a client recently who's, they were going away on holiday and their right hand were going on holiday. And they just started working with them. And they said, oh my God, it's the worst thing possible. I went, brilliant. They're like, why? I said, because it'll prove your business can run without you. Or it won't. Either way, you'll know and you'll do something about it. Yeah. And that's what you've got to do. The next stage is you've got to know that your business can run without you. Otherwise, you can't do anything. Yeah. So that's the next stage, structure and letting go. And uh, I guess a lot of owners would say, oh, I'd love to let go. Um, but um, if I don't do all the sales we won't get as many sales. Yeah. Or if I don't do all of the admin, it won't get done as well as I could do it. So, it's, so, it's called stupid mindset. Yeah. It? it really is. Because say the owner converts 90% of everything they do, and that's what their job is, yeah? Um, so they can only ever do a certain amount because they're one person. And they bring in two people that convert 60%. Well, they're still going to convert more for two people than the owner would. And do you know any business on the planet where the owner does everything? At some point, they've got to let go. And it's a scary, I won't swear, but scary stuff, letting go of your business because you don't know where it's going to go. So the third step is having what we call alerts in our scale model. Alerts are, please tell me, business, when we're going wrong. What, what are the alerts in our business, the early warning system that says something isn't working, something isn't going right? Because even if you semi-retire, you need those alerts in your business so on a daily, weekly, monthly basis you can find out if your business is working or not. And without the alerts, you let go, everything goes completely to yep. hell and whatever else. And then and the alerts come back down to the numbers? 
everything. It's all a numbers game. It's all a numbers game. People don't realise. They think business is about selling houses or selling pottery or, or consulting or whatever. That's the product or service you deliver. The business behind it is all about the numbers and how those numbers work for you as a business. And I don't know any... You, know, you take something like a, a big supermarket chain, they report numbers on a year basis, but with like 0.12% change. How they do that is because they're on top of their numbers all the time. And small businesses don't believe that's the right way of going. But let me tell you, I don't know any company that doesn't have a that is successful that didn't know where they were going, where they started, what the plan was, and how to measure it on that journey. Mm. And if you don't do those things, then you, you really are struggling to run a business. I think um, it makes a lot of sense. So, a business owners out there, and they're thinking to themselves, right? I'm going to get my numbers. I'm going to delegate my work to my staff. Um, they delegate their work to their staff. And they start tracking their numbers, yep. and their numbers aren't working. Yeah, um, they've either got bad staff, could be, or bad product, could be. Um, let's say that uh, it's more of a staff aspect. Yeah, um, how do they go about getting themselves in a situation whereby they're surrounded with the right people? Right. Well, the first thing you've identified is what you just said. There is a really good step in a business evolution. Because what the business owner is now doing is asking questions because they know something isn't working. Whereas before they go, don't know what to do next, and they run around like a headless chicken. Now they go, something isn't working, and these numbers over here aren't producing the right results. So it's either that I'm not not getting enough leads, I'm not getting enough queries, I'm not doing enough demos or, or conversations, I'm not converting enough, I'm not selling enough, I'm not delivering enough. Because all of these numbers are trackable, you can actually pinpoint the right level. And by doing that, you can dissect which area it is and then focus on it. So if the person is willing, as in it could be the sales issue, if the person is willing and they can track their numbers, you can help them improve. If they're not willing, then you, you can't do anything. Because there's only two things you need from your staff, is you need them to be willing and able. That, that's the only two things. And the thing that I learned managing well, about 600 of the staff, which towards the end was what we had, is that you can't manage people. Everybody, can, you know, there's, there's a thousand, two thousand books out there on how to manage people. But you can't manage people because people decide what they want to do. So what you've got to do is you've got to create the environment where they can thrive, give them all the tools they need, and just get out their way. And if they succeed, brilliant. And if they fail, brilliant. But you can then work out what to do next. But you've got to let people do the job they've employed too. Yeah. And if you cover them all the time, you're just covering all the cracks all the time. So with the right numbers, with the right processes, you know where to pinpoint your business problems. You can then go in there. And you can go and find your own Sherpa that, that knows that route of you know, your business and get them to help you as well. Yeah. So on that basis, would you say it's important for uh, business owners to have their own coaches? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, so I started dancing at seven and finished at 15. I had so many coaches that helped me do different things. And my partner, you know, got the routine, uh, got the steps right, got the music right, everything. Because if you want to become good and world-class at anything, and if you want a successful business, you have to do that nowadays, is you need the right input, don't you? You have to have the right understanding. Uh, in, in the UK, you can set up a business tomorrow without any knowledge whatsoever. Uh, in Germany, for example, you need to have passed an exam, I think called the Meister, right. to have basic knowledge of how to run a business. I think the fundamental problem with businesses in the UK failing, and you, and you said earlier, like one in three fail, or, or one in, I think one in nine out of ten fail in the first ten years, 
is not because they're not willing or not able, they just don't know enough about how to run a business. And we can do that because there's enough information on the internet to find out yeah. and there's enough people out there to help them if they want help as well. That's brilliant. Um, I'm guessing that you could, if people want to read more about this, they could buy your book, I yeah. Don't Work Fridays. Yeah. Um, can they reach out to you on social media? You're on LinkedIn, yeah, absolutely. Facebook? Martin, Jane, Aubrey's all over social media. If they, they look, I Don't Work Fridays, you'll find us all over the place. We've got our YouTube channel and things like that. And, and we do what we do. Um, you know, we have a lot of time off during the year to do other things. So we, we help people sometimes. And I had a guy phone me up yesterday, and he turns over 90 grand a year. Yeah. And he thought, you know, are you going to help me? And I just point him on those seven numbers. He's gone off happy as Larry because he now knows what he needs to do in his business. So, yeah, they can reach out, and we're, we're more than happy to help them. Brilliant. Thanks very much for coming in. No, it's in. been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you so much. much.